And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Yes. It's been a while since I've yelled bunny in this house. Isn't it amazing? Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? It's sweeping the nation. It's swiffering the nation. But only real fans, true hardcore fans, lifers, ride or die, who have been with us since day one, back when this podcast started, way back in 1994, when The Pope on Film was actually a dial-up BBS. Yes. Remember those days, buddy? Yeah, we were running Wildcat. Yeah. Crazy. You could download a picture of Bunny and I. The download took uh, <laughs> about 29 hours. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I really loved, what I really loved, it always made my day seeing it come up in ASCII art like King Diamond's Lair. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, you you knew you were going to find some good wares there. Yeah. So, true fans of this podcast would know two things about us. Two fundamental facts about the both of us. America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Maylin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you're not recording the podcast, you are actually a counselor. You counsel trouble at-risk teens. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that, buddy? Uh, yes, I, I counsel them. Um, most specifically, what we do is we run a run a series of of uh, psychological profiles. You know, kind of questionnaires where there's really no right answer. You know, and it's you need the number two pencil because we scan them all down. We're dealing with a lot of troubled kids out there. Uh, and that problem is not being addressed. But any of them who show a um, a propensity uh, to be a clown, they are sent over to me, and I try to help them enroll in clown college and help design a good face for them and, and work on the paperwork on getting the face registered so that they can begin their new career as a professional clown. And you really gotta enroll them in clown college, because if they don't enroll in clown college, a lot of them just become clown strippers. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the back alley clowns, which we really don't want to see happen, these people have had enough problems in their lives as it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And that's the thing that, that Republicans don't realize, is that by... Getting rid of brothel versus Wade, you're just gonna make legal clown abortions. Uh, you're just gonna make clown abortions more difficult, more dangerous. People are gonna be going to back alley clown abortionists, and it, it's just it's very difficult. And the second fact, the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a big fan of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller, so. In this segment, what we like to do is take a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it 
inspire my own unique storytelling style, and that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of... Jeeves Historic Approximations! I like to call it repeatedly and knowingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shaf. It sounds like a TikTok challenge. Shaf challenge. Anywho, this week on the old Shafity Shaf Shaf, we will be discussing a wild bit of sports history that's not only batshit insane, but most a lot of it actually happened right here in my small town, in my small, tiny, racist, bigoted town of Shawnee, Oklahoma. No idea that one of the craziest and most maddening chats we've ever done on this podcast actually happened right here in my own backyard. But before getting to the shaft proper, I need to get a little bit personal. Okay. Uh, all right. So I went MIA for a few months in the beginning of 2022. I don't want to talk about it. I will not talk about it. But the point is, once I came back to Earth, I've been trying to focus on bettering myself. I've been trying to be a better person, and so far it's working. I'm trying to unplug from Twitter and the internet, spend time outside, meditating, being quiet, listening to music. I've been I'm on new antidepressants, and that's been helping. I'm going to the movies again which uh, really helps with my self-care. And I was nervous about bringing this up on the podcast, but uh, I've been going back to church. I miss it. I just missed it. I, it, it, it as, as much as I gave up Catholicism, I just missed having a place to go to where I was quiet. There was singing, and it was always, you know, one hour of my week, which was just a time that I just got to shut the fuck up, you know? And I just missed it, and so I decided to go back to church, and it's been nice. I've been going to the only Catholic church in town, St. Benedict's Catholic Church, which was built in 1907, the same year that Oklahoma was made a state. The church I go to is the same age as this state. That's shit I always find fascinating. You know? Like, I used to be blown away by the movie theater downtown that was opening in 1947. This church was opened in 1907, and, and the whole thing just blows me away. I was gonna go as a guy. I was gonna... I. Because I went to a Catholic church. I, 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 was a, I went to a Catholic school from first grade to eighth grade. And then after that, I spent four years in a Catholic high school teen youth group. And after that, I became a counselor in that same Catholic youth group. And then eventually, like so many people, I discovered um, drinking and drugs and women and men. I just stopped going to church. But I miss it, and at first I was like, if I'm, I'm going to go back to Catholic church every Sunday. I'm going to dress up as a guy and go to church, and my wife was 
My wife is very supportive, but my wife was the one who said, I don't see why you can't go as a woman. And it's like, I, I don't want to be mugged. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be shamed. It feels dangerous. It feels like I shouldn't do this. And so I woke up early the morning of, and it's like, I'm going to go to church. Fuck, Natasha's right. I got to go as a woman. <laughs> I'm going as a woman every week to church. And there's a part of me that's like, ah, oh, this is... I, this might be a sin if people knew. Like, thank goodness that I have gotten pretty good at and it, so that I can go to church and it, I'm not automatically, you know, drawn and quartered. But the way that I see it is, uh, going back to church, just it, it feels like something that I would it, it's It's something that's important to me. And, uh, yeah, I get it. Catholics have a hard time with trans people. I get that. But you, you know what I have a hard time with? Decades of covering up sexual abuse. Maybe don't throw stones about the trans woman in your church, Catholic. <laughs> so I'm all right with going back to church. It's, it's been nice. I'm going back to church on my own terms. I've been going to church every week since April 10th. Which apparently was on a Sunday. I go to church and I'm like, hey, fuck it. Uh, uh, three palms. Fucking score. Okay. Three palms. I might tweet each and every mass and it's nice. And then sometimes I'll come home and everyone's still asleep. And that's really nice. So I get to, you know, just get some coffee, go out on the veranda, and listen. Don't bring home the what? No, but uh, every once in a while they'll have a coffee and donuts at the fellowship hall, and it's like fucking yes. I sometimes I'll bring donuts home, but. Uh, one morning, I, I went to Wendy's, and I got a breakfast Baconator. But then, after that, I went to McDonald's and got hash browns and coffee. And then I brought it home, and, I'm, and I, I tweeted, I'm like, oh, I need a Wendy's Baconator, and I'm having a McDonald's hash brown and a McDonald's coffee. And some people lost their shit about that. And it's like, I'm sorry, but... Uh, does anyone, can anyone tell me what Wendy's coffee tastes like? No, that's what I thought. And they don't have like hash browns at Wendy's for breakfast. They've got these weird like breakfast fries and they suck. But their breakfast baconator is the greatest uh, breakfast food of all time. So I bring stuff sometimes. This morning I brought popcorn and, and donuts. So I do bring some stuff home. Uh, so last week I'm all dolled up and I go to church and I usually sit around the back. I've been slowly but surely getting closer. Like, I think today I sat six rows from the back, so I'm getting better. I'm getting closer. Uh, I usually sit around the back and there's pamphlets in the back. There's free pamphlets and they always grab a shit ton of pamphlets. Some of my favorites include sex and contraception for Catholics. Really? I thought 
believe that Catholic contraception is just uh, right before you come, you just say a little prayer. And that's basically contraception for Catholics. The Catholic mom nurturing your household. Well, well, true Catholic contraception is picking up a sweet altar boy. Oh, they're on to you, Pastor Dan. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite. What Catholics should know about Scientology. And I was, that one pissed me off because Scientology is actually a religion that was created by a man named L. Ron Hubbard. They believe it, and it's like, oh, wait, this is a serious look at Scientology. And there's no mentions of Xenu. There's no mentions of the, like, it's a serious look, and it's like, oh, this pisses me off. I mean, this would be a hit job, but but no, this isn't Southern Baptists, it's Catholics, and they're all like, oh, let's take a serious look at Scientology. Oh, you disappointed me, Catholics. of the church's visitors tour guide. Uh, welcome to St. Benedict's Catholic Church built in 1907, a visitors tour guide. And oh my God, this sent me down a crazy ass rabbit hole and that's the shaft. It's crazy, it's ridiculous, it's unbelievable, it's maddening. I'll give you an exciting new reason to hate the Supreme Court. And there's a, at one point, Shades of Elmer McCurdy. Uh, yeah, so, uh, buddy, uh, let's get to the shack proper now. Do you know? Put the first one up. Put the first one up. Do you know who Jim Thorpe is? Yes. yes the name of the alternative school here in town. Thank you, Amber. We will be getting to the reasons for that in just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. I am so glad about this because, uh, uh, because, okay, okay, we're going to explain all of that today in our chat. So Jim Thorpe, an American athlete, an Olympic gold medalist, the first Native American to win the gold medal, and considered to be one of the best, if not the best, overall athletes of all time. You can go ahead, you can go ahead and put up the second picture, Bunny. In fact, gold medal was presented to him. He won two gold medals in the 1912 Olympics. His two gold medals were presented to him by King Gustav V of Sweden and Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. And at the time of the medal ceremony, King, uh, King Gustav said to J. 
Jim Thorpe, you are the greatest athlete in the world. Jim Thorpe, one of the world's best athletes, besides being the first Native American to win gold, he also played professional basketball, professional baseball, and both collegiate and professional football. Considered by many to be one of the best football players of all time, strange fact, he played both baseball for the New York Giants, from 1913 to 1915, and also in 1917. And then, in 1925, he played pro football for the New York Giants. Do you want me to walk you through that again? Sure. Okay. <laughs> for the New York Giants. He also played pro football for the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that vaguely rings a bell as being possible. Apparently, there was a pro uh, baseball team called the New York Giants, and there was a pro football team also called the New York Giants. I, I was figure out that there was never a pro basketball team called the New York Giants. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, and we're talking sports, so it's highly probable... But I'm pretty sure the New York Giants became the Dodgers. And then the football team became the Giants. Then the football, well, the football team just stayed the Giants. I really think that for the symmetry of the thing, the New York Knicks should change their name to the New York Giants. Yes, they should. Just... I, I just think that that's fair. He was also because what the hell's a knickerbocker anyway? Yeah. I, I just killed a mosquito or something. He was also the first ever president of the American Pro Football Association, which would eventually become the NFL. So this, and then he was also a, a football coach. This man did it all in the 1910s and 1920s and 1930s was not the Michael Jordan of America. He was three Michael Jordans in one. Uh, Jim Thorpe was, in the 1910s and 20s and 30s, what Michael Jordan wanted to be. Michael Jordan, you are just amazing at basketball. Oh yeah? Well, I'm gonna play baseball. I'm playing baseball now. What do you think about me playing baseball? And everyone said, you're such a good basketball player, though. You're just so great at playing basketball. So you just knew, you just knew that Michael Jordan wanted to Jim Thorpe it up. But America got together as a collective and said, no, no. Just go back to being a basketball player. So that, that, that makes me feel good. Here's a fun fact about Jim Thorpe. Okay. So he won his two gold medals in 1912 at the Summer Olympics held in Stockholm, Sweden from May 5th to July 22nd, 1912. It was the first Olympics to feature both the decathlon and their new sport, the pentathlon. And for those of you who don't know what the pentathlon is, it's basically the same thing as the decathlon, 
What was that? Oh, yes. I'm assuming that that's a fantastic one. So, uh, people, Americans, are notoriously racist. Notoriously racist AF. So, right before Jim Thorpe was to compete in the Olympics, some douchebag stole his shoes. Oh, I've heard this story. <laughs> yeah, so Jim Thorpe is like, crap. How can I guy's fault that they did this because because then that would ha mean having to strip him of his medals that they gave him you know what i mean so like so jim thorpe he was born in the year question mark yes because Oklahoma wasn't a state yet, and there weren't records as to his birth. Uh, his, historians believe that he was born in Prague, Oklahoma, but in numerous in Prague, 
Historians believe he was born somewhere around the vicinity of the town of Fragwee, Oklahoma. himself repeatedly said that his hometown was Shawnee, Oklahoma, which is where I currently live. Uh, Why should we believe him? Because he's the one who said Shut up, Jim. What do you know? <laughs> we'll figure this out. Do they believe he was either born in 1886 or 1887 or 1888? The only real record that they have was his baptism. He was baptized as Catholic. He was one of Bert Lancaster! Fuck Hollywood! Fuck Hollywood! That's right up there with Charles and Heston playing a Mexican! Yes. Yeah, from Chinese. Cliff Booth, you know, but I, I had read a story that it was based on a stuntman who was primarily a wrestler who was able to take Bruce Lee down to the mat, basically, and that, okay, I, I can I can kind of see that. In the novelization that I read uh, earlier this year, uh, it specifically says that the way that Cliff Booth was able to fuck up Bruce Lee so much is when he said, "All right, now do that again." That 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 it's a it's, it was a psychological thing that he said, "Okay, best out of three falls, Bruce Lee. Hit me with your best shot. Oh, you hit me with that. Okay, now try it again." Knowing that the person that he is fighting will then do the exact same move again which he now knows how to counter. So he just has to lose the first fight, and then he knows he'll win the second fight, and then for the third fight, that's the actual fight. That was how it's explained in the book. And okay, I can kind of see that, but still, I don't I don't think that Cliff would end up hardcore like that. the Great Depression happened, so he had a really hard time after he uh, 
retired from sports. Uh, he ended up an alcoholic. He ended up with a bunch of money problems. And he died of heart failure on March 28, 1953. His funeral on Monday, April 13, 1953, at St. Benedict's Catholic Church in Shawnee, Oklahoma! <laughs> which is the church that I go to! Well, because I got the freaking visitor's tour guide, and it's like, oh, here is where we have the blessed sacrament in the tabernacle. Here are the candles. Here are the stations of the cross. Oh, the 14th window is located at the north entry. The 21st window is located at the north side, and right at the back, the back page, right here. In this church, the funeral mass was held for Jim Thorpe, and they reprint an article in the Shawnee News Star newspaper from April 14, 1953. Thorpe given final farewells, and I'd like to read it to you. on Monday as she departed from her husband's briar for the final time. Thorpe's body was placed in a crypt in the south wing of the mausoleum following solemn requiem high mass at St. Benedict's Catholic Church. It will remain in the temporary resting place until erection of a $100,000 memorial to be built in Shawnee in his honor. And then I thought, wow! You mean to tell me that there's a big memorial to Jim Thorpe here in Shawnee, Oklahoma? I'm going to have to look this up. Type, 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 type. Oh, wait. All I'm seeing is shit in Pennsylvania. This must be a mistake. Let me keep looking. Shit in Pennsylvania. What's the deal? Let me keep looking. So here's what happened. Uh, this is crazy. So... And all the people in the town of Shawnee, Oklahoma, so proud of their local boy, and they're raising money for Jim Thorpe. But unbeknownst to his family, Jim Thorpe's third wife, Patricia Thorpe, sells his car. Sells his what? Oh. Because at the time of his death, uh, they were having financial problems, and Patricia Thorpe finds out that there's these two municipalities in Philadelphia that are hoping to lure in tourists somehow, and those two municipalities buy the corpse of Jim Thorpe off of his third wife, Patricia. The corpse is sent from St. Benedict's Catholic Church in his hometown of Johnny to two small towns in Philadelphia, and once they get the corpse, they get these two municipalities, they are merged, and they form a town which they call Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, despite the fact that Jim Thorpe never fucking went there! Things are getting Elmer McCurdian around here! So there's a town in Pennsylvania called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania that Jim Thorpe has 
never been to, but that's where the memorial is, and not here in Shawnee where he was born and where he lived and where his funeral happened. It's fucking insane, but it gets crazier. In 2010, Jim Thorpe's living son, Jack, I've got six and a half minutes, I got it. Jim Thorpe's son, Jack, says, I am suing the town of Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, to get my father's body back. And this was his plan. There's a thing called NAGPRA, the Native American Graves Protection and Reparations Act. And it says, hey, uh, we, we, the U.S. government, know we fucked you Native Americans over. We took your bodies and we buried them all over the place. We will gladly give them back to you and bury them wherever you want. I mean, as long as it's not a in a museum or anything. We will gladly give the bodies back. And Jim Thorpe's son, Jack, said, Ha! I am invoking the NEGPRA Act. They have to give me the body back. And a judge ruled and said, The town of Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, the entire town, is a museum. You're not getting your father's body back. Fucked up. So then he kept going. He was appealing. He was still in the court system. And eventually the third court of appeals ruled and they said, Okay, that judge who said that, that Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania is a museum, that's fucked up. It's not a museum. Uh, it, uh, Jack, you can have the body back. Hey, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, send the body back to Shawnee, Oklahoma, where it can be buried, where it's supposed to be. So then the town of Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania sued. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And in 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania was in fact a museum and that uh, Jim Thorpe's son can't have his dad's body back. So there's a lot of people who are saying this right for two reasons. Fuck the Supreme Court. That's some messed up shit. What the hell? Why is Jim Thorpe's body in Pennsylvania in a town he's never even been to? He did go to school in Pennsylvania. He did go to a school in Pennsylvania hundreds of miles away from the town that he lived that, that his body is now resting in. He never went, Jim Thorpe never went to Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. His body should be in Shawnee, Oklahoma, but it's not. It's in a town that he hasn't been, and it's the Supreme Court's fault that Jim Thorpe's corpse isn't here. That is a messed up story, and I am surprised that, that this whole thing happened in my backyard, at my church. I'm also surprised that I can say my church, but there you go. Sunday, I go to the church that had Jim Thorpe's funeral. So weird. But yeah, if that's messed up, they sold his corpse. Who sells a corpse? I mean, what are you, Elmer McCurry's wife? That is shocking to me. Yeah, but that's shocking. They won't give him back. That's up. And nowadays, Pennsylvania gets tourists from all over the world who come to their art shows, their craft shows, their art festivals, and people, a lot of people come to Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, 
There you go, I forgot. Uh, a lot of people come to Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, and they go, oh, I love this place. It is such a nice uh, festival that happens every year. Your fucking name, though. Oh, it's a memorial. Whatever. Like, so many people nowadays don't even know why it's called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. It's called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania because they bought a car. Well, see, see now, I, 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 of course, I've always assumed that that's where he was from, especially since fucking everything there is, I mean, it's Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, but then it's in, in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, everything is fucking Jim Thorpe, you know, so like the Jim Thorpe High School and, and, and all of that shit. And that's and that's right the area. Like I don't think she was actually in Jim Thorpe itself, but she was real close to it because it just came up in conversation all the time. You know, another connection to you. Yeah. So so like Cheney says, we are we are both connected to this story. From both sides. We got this story up against the wall, and we're sandwiching this bitch. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to let the stream drop out this time and just bring it back up. So anybody watching the stream, which is nobody, just wait a minute. We'll be right on back. Uh, we'll come back and go on break. Yes. So, uh, join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve Historic Approximation. And God help us in the future. Everyone. When, when we're, when I'm at the Catholic Mass and everyone's like saying a big it just cut. Mm -hmm. And it cut hard. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to play Dabney on the break gotcha. for the first time ever. And if I take break now, we're not streaming.